Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We put together a guide with some recommendations to help you focus on being financially fit at different milestones in your life. Some of you may be ahead of schedule, while others may have to play catch up. You can download this guide for free on our website. The link to download your path to a lifetime of financial success is listed in the episode description. Or you can go to wiserinvestor.com, scroll to the bottom and find it there. Now on to today's episode. Welcome to a Wiser Retirement Podcast, where we believe the best financial advice should always be conflict-free. I'm your host, Casey Smith, guiding you to financial freedom today are my co-hosts, Brad Lyons and Missy Beach. Hello. Hi, Casey. Hello, Casey. So this is like a big deal. Uh, Missy's in our third or third week here? Yeah, fourth week. Time flies. Fourth week. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of things that start happening in your fourth week. I forgot about that. Uh-oh. Um yeah, our fourth week, and she is joining us on our podcast. Missy is a senior financial planner with us. Senior not because of age, but because of experience. Thanks for editing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Missy, glad to have you with us and then joining our conversation today. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Um, Brad, we're getting closer to a decade you might remember, your 40s. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Fortunately, that will move faster than those actually de- those decades actually did. So, right, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, is that good? I guess that's good. Um, do you remember your forties? I do. Good, do yeah, all of them. Forty <laughs> <laughs> through forty nine. Yeah, you bet. Okay, yeah, I made it. All right, you made it. Well, I know <laughs> you wouldn't remember your twenties and thirties. I mean, but yeah. Well, it gets a little crazy when you're in your forties. Yeah, yeah, things start to unravel. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, no, I'm in my forties. I get it. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> thanks for asking Brad and not me. If uh, I remember, I, I knew I knew not to do that. Missy. Good call. You're too new to uh, for me to for me to rub you that hard yet. You know, no harassment in the fourth week. <laughs> no, that's good. we have to save something for the yeah. fifth and sixth week. <laughs> right. You'd wait until the twelfth, twelfth, twelfth month for that one. Um. Well, all right. So today we're going to t- focus on planning in your 40s and things that you should be doing in your 40s. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, um, we meet with a lot of people in their 40s. Uh, I'm in my 40s. I think that uh, things definitely start speeding up if you have children. Um, if you had children, it kind of like the statistically normal time, I guess. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of things that can get away if you're not paying attention because... Um, you tend not to not focus on maybe finances as much as you probably should. Yeah, the the, the rate at which life comes at you in your 40s is extremely fast. And finances can be one of those things that you just kind of set aside for, put on pause maybe. Yeah. Um, and we need to spend a little time today telling people to wake up and bring that back out of hibernation and think about their finances a little bit. I mean, statistically, you're making more money in your 40s. Which is a good thing most of the time, but a lot of times you're also trying to keep up with the Joneses If as you make more money. You're not always saving all that money. Right. And to be clear, I mean, we are financial planners, right? And we want to talk about saving and doing the right thing for your money. And I just want to be really clear that every dollar has a purpose. It's okay that you splurged or you did something as long as you, you had a spot for that, you know, maybe you've worked hard. You deserve maybe a break or a girl's trip or a guy's trip or whatever it is. Um, you just don't want it to be excessive. 
Yeah. To the point where you're doing your future self a lot of harm. Or the big thing is you should not be accumulating debt in your 40s. Oh, that's huge, Casey. That's <laughs> right. huge. Mm-hmm. You should not be buying, accumulating more debt in your 40s. It's time It's time to put a, it's almost Halloween, right? It's time to put a RIP headstone over your, over your, over your debt and bury that sucker. You know, that's a good analogy. <laughs> you know, you know but, have, it, but it's a mindset though. It is. Cause in your forties, it's, it's, it's the Joneses. Yes. But it's also in, internally within your family, you're, you're simply doing the things that the family wants to do. And as they're aging, they're growing, the things that they want become more expensive. The things you want to do becomes more expensive. Yeah. And it's just difficult to, you know. I remember a time in my <laughs> life. Do that because you, you begin to see that the time you have with your family is shortening. Right. The kids are getting a little older and they're about ready to go to college. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, I'm sure. Is And you realize that, well, if we don't take the summer vacation this year, I don't know that we're going to get a chance to do that again. So... There's a lot of competition for that dollar, that purposeful dollar, if you will. This is a good well, way. My feeling is I remember a time when I felt like $100 could fix something. And now I feel like it's $1,000 at least to fix something. It's it, There's $1,000 problems, not $100 problems, right? Right. right. I mean, it, it's, it, you know, it com- it, sometimes it's just time. I need to hire a professional to do something where maybe in my 20s I would have taking a stab at that leaky faucet, you well, know? <laughs> that's a great point is our time does have value. Even if it's, a, if it's a recreational time, you know, we're spending our time doing something so we can put a dollar amount on it. And you're right. Maybe it does just, you, you just pay to have it done so that you can move on with other things that have a higher priority. Um, but then that costs money, okay? You talk about having, having a, hiring a professional. I mean, it costs $100, $200 just to have them come yeah. to the house now. Right. They have a show-up fee. right. You do have to look at the highest and best use of your time. You're absolutely right. Um, Because time with your family is important. Just like you were saying, Brad, you know, it's very limited. But then you have to know where to draw the line. And that's the hard part. That is difficult. That is difficult. Um, and And as financial planners, part of that is, you know, clients come to us because they want to elevate the highest and best use of their time by working with a financial planner rather than on their own or worse yet, even putting it on pause and thinking they'll do it later. You know, you know and I think that's what we do a good job of is giving our clients a set path to live within where they can spend their dollars intentionally and they're able to spend on certain goals and wants and needs to have that fun with their families and go on these vacations and do it without guilt because they're spending within their means and they're able to go have a fantastic time because we've built this plan and they know that they're living their best lives and they can do it within their means and have a wonderful time and it's going to work out in the long run. I think ultimately it, it gets back to the pay yourself first, mm-hmm. right? Mindset that you're going to, you, you've done financial planning and you're going to make sure that you have, um, you're putting away every month the money for your future self. So if you start there and you have enough in emergency reserves, theoretically you could 
take your account to zero if you want your checking account to zero because you've placed everything else that, that's important in the right in the right buckets, right? So one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves in our forties is to take our finances off pause and to create a plan, right? You know, to know that what we're doing with every dollar that we is coming through our checking accounts that we're earning and so on, that it has that purpose. It's being saved. It's being spent. We know that we're doing everything we can to advance our plan, you know, towards our goals, college, debt reduction, retirement, et cetera. And then within that, we're living our best life all at the same time. You know, Brad, and I think the first step to doing that is getting organized. And when new clients come on board at Wiser, that's one of the biggest hurdles for some of them to get over is to consolidate old accounts. Um, I feel like in your 40s, a lot of times people will have abandoned 401ks from previous employers that are kind of strewn all over the place and maybe these little accounts that they've opened along the way. And, you know, they they have statements and they kind of know that they're out there. But it's really hard to manage all these accounts when they're just little accounts all over. So I think in your 40s, this is a great time to pause and to get everything organized and all in one place. Get everything at one custodian so you can have one login and see everything on one computer screen and just make it easier to manage. uh, Simplicity is important, especially those that are older in their 70s and 80s. You know, I'm always like, let's make this easy on the kids. Let's let's bundle all this stuff up. Um, you know, another thing is is I think in your 40s you're starting to realize that uh, time is moving faster than maybe what you thought it would. And you, there's only 20 years. We started working in our t- early 20s, and now we only have a. If you retire between 65 and 67, you've only got about 20 years remaining. That's why you got to have a plan in place. Of your working life. Of your working life. That's Not right. of your spending life. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true, uh, which means you need to be working harder those last 20 years to uh, to make sure you're achieving those goals. The IRS is going to help us, though. Do you notice that? Um, oh, next go, year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest increase in years that they're going to um, yeah. allow for, for pre-retire or pre-qualified money, um, pre-tax money to go into our 401k account. It's going to go... Up to what twenty two thousand five hundred? Yeah, I just did an educational video for a YouTube channel, um, a wiser retirement on YouTube. Uh, well, I'm sure Hadley will plug it into our show notes here. But uh, the summary of it is basically um, you can put away twenty two thousand five hundred dollars a year into right. your four hundred one k starting in twenty twenty three. Right now, it's twenty thousand five hundred. So that, that's a big increase. That is. And for those of us over 50. We haven't gotten there yet. That's the next podcast. (laughs) Oh, can I be a spoiler? Go ahead. Go ahead. 30 grand a year. I mean, that's huge. I mean, compared to this year. I was trying to figure out how many people actually max out their 401ks. And I only found data from Vanguard. But Vanguard, there's a lot of Vanguard 401k plans. So the data set is pretty deep. But 14% of people... um, in America can max out their 401k that that's pretty high considering there's <laughs> probably 80 that don't even save. So, right. So oh, you think that's high 14%? I think it is. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you, if you account, 
of all the 401k participants, which that's sure. a lot of participants across the Vanguard platform. I think that's, I mean, it should be higher. It should be 80%. Agreed. But, but if you look at credit card debt levels and we're, we're over a trillion dollars in credit card debt that for the most part, especially in this last year, um, people, Americans are spending more than they make and they're using credit cards to support that. Uh, during the pandemic, we couldn't spend our money. Um, and so credit cards went way, way down during that, during that time period, which, which I think is really fascinating. It just shows you how, um, it's like a side, side tangent here, but it just shows you how much people are followers and how good marketing is, you know, we've said on past broadcasts that, you know, the marketing done by consumer debt companies, credit card companies, and some of these others, some of the best in the world. It right. really is. Yeah. They have us all convinced that it's normal. You know, to go out and borrow money at twenty yeah. percent. Yeah. And then pay back. And it's good for us. Oh, it's sure. good for our credit according I, to them. And it's saw, good for us. I saw my credit union advertising a vacation loan. And it oh. said in, in the tagline is cap caption line was you deserve it. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> you deserve to bury yourself in debt and interest payments right. for years on something that you can't even liquidate to repay back really isn't that crazy yeah that's sad um yeah i, th- I thought that was kind of a new low but i get it they're trying to lend money and mm-hmm. it's how they make money credit union people have probably less default rates than others maybe i don't know so if you're in your 40s and hopefully by then you don't have any credit card debt. Maybe your mortgage is your only debt that you have by the time you're in your 40s. But in your 40s, you're in your highest earning years. So a lot of people will go out and upgrade their housing in your 40s. So what are some of the perils of upgrading your housing in your 40s and taking uh, out a new mortgage not getting it paid off by the time you retire bingo yeah. and also heaven forbid taking on a 30-year loan you know <laughs> when you're 45 in your 70s before you get your house paid off exactly yeah. so if at all possible if you're going to get a new loan in your 40s gosh sakes get a 15-year yeah. mortgage surprisingly over the i mean i've been doing this for 22 years I think the, pe- the two things that people fight us on the most is that people want to take Social Security right away. Um, sometimes at 62, even when they're working, <laughs> like yeah. doesn't make any sense, right? You're even you're even limited. Take it now. You, you lose, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, or definitely at, at full retirement age or just prior, uh, they don't want to wait till 70. And then the second thing is paying off mortgages. They have a hard time. Um, Going, you want me to pay my mortgage off? You want you want me to send extra money to my mortgage? I'm like, retirement is not about rate of return uh, first. It's about cash flow, and so if you don't have that big payment going out, you can retire on a lot less money. Right. You know, and my yeah. dad my dad retired from Delta Airlines, and I, uh, one of my son's golf tournaments recently, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, like, yeah, I used to walk around the office saying they had to have all this money to retire because you know they they could work because they had all these all these debt payments, their truck payments, their, their, uh, uh, 
house payment and everything else, right? He's like, well, if you're debt free, you don't have those payments, you would live on a lot less. I'm like, yeah, that's a very simple <laughs> way of looking at it. And it's also the most accurate way of looking at it. Simple. And yet, <laughs> nine times out of 10, when we bring this up with people, you know, it's like, a light bulb just like I know, that. I know like right? Never oh they've never heard that before. I know it. I bet you, again, I bet. it goes back to how good marketing is done by the lending companies. We're just so accustomed to paying those, making those payments. It's just structured in us. But the yeah. reality is the moment, the first month that you don't have to make that payment, mm-hmm. it's like having a tax-free raise going through your, oh, through your checking account. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You're right, Brad. Yeah. It's habit. People yeah. are like, oh, I have a mortgage payment. You everybody know? has a I mortgage. Just, sure. Well, sure. Right, you know? But it's the same way. I mean, your your friends have mortgage payments. They have car payments. They have so probably some credit card debt. They have some personal loans. They have some home improvement loans. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is just normal because that's how normal people live, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Dave Ramsey's made probably billions at this point <laughs> off of trying to get people <laughs> to, to save and handle their money like your grandmother did, right? I mean, it's, it's really simple advice. Uh, and, and, and it's hard to do it. It's hard to do it because especially if you're in a Metro Atlanta or Metro area, like we are, and you see these beautiful homes and these really nice cars. And, and we talk about this all the time on our podcast, but you know, there's a lot of rich people out there. There's aren't that, there aren't that many wealthy people. Ah, uh, rich, <laughs> not wealthy. You yes. got it, Casey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. There's, I just tell, I tell my kids like they're rich. They're probably not wealthy. Now there's a few people that I know that are rich and wealthy. You know, and good for them. Good for them. That's the American dream, right? Sure. Um, okay, so a couple of things. Uh, we have a mortgage calculator. We can link that in our show notes too. Uh, if you go to wiserinvestor.com forward slash mortgage dash calculator, um, you can type in your current mortgage information and you can say, hey, what if I pay an extra $500 a month or $100 a month or 200 How much is that going to save me? And you can get that mortgage off pay, uh, paid off prior to your retirement. So I would challenge uh, you to do that. If you're already a wiser client, we've already done that for you. Yes. <laughs> but or you don't have a mortgage. Yeah, you'll be amazed at the interest that it'll show you that you will save over oh, yeah. the years. And how many years early you can pay off that mortgage. There's a client last week. It was um, 233000 in interest savings. Yes. Mm-hmm. They saved two hundred by... Sending two grand extra a month to the mortgage, they save $233,000 in interest. And I think that's where the focus needs to be on the interest savings instead of focusing on the interest rate. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. And I think now in today's interest rate environment versus maybe last year's, it's going to be less of a focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're paying six and a quarter now for a 30-year, maybe six and a tenth on a 15-year. Mm-hmm. There's not much difference between the two right now. No. Um, that's real. That's a lot of savings. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, someone out there is going, yeah, but I got a 2% mortgage, and I can invest that in the market, and I can make more money. And you know what? If you want to gamble your house, gamble your house. But that's not what we would. I always flip it and say it this way. Would you borrow money? Your house is paid off. Would you borrow money at 2% and then invest it in the market? Would you do that? Most people say, no, Ooh, I would no. never, ever, ever do that. Well, if you have the ability to pay off your house, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just reversed, right? Yeah. 
No one yeah. borrows again. <laughs> I mean, gambles on their house. No. That's just not a thing. No. Well, I think it is. I mean, well, I know people have done it, but well, but but it's different. Mm-hmm. They they've got lots of millions of dollars over here, and they're oh yeah it, yeah. That's Leveraging the like, like that. Yes, mm-hmm. we're listening to um, very wealthy people and how they use their money to make more money, and we're trying to replicate that. <laughs> A very small, uh, very different environment where you've done well, but you're not you're not sitting here on um, you know top 100 in Georgia wealth list, right? Correct. So, all right. So let's let's. Uh, oh, something else you should be doing: uh, adding to an HSA if you have that through your worker. You love HSAs, don't you? They are my favorite <laughs> account. I mean, really? I will preach all day about the HSA. I mean, it's the only account that is triple tax advantaged. Yeah. Um, so an HSA is a health savings account, and you it needs to be coupled with a high deductible health plan, HDHP. But the cool thing about this account is that your money going into it that you contribute, you get a tax deduction for. So it takes away from your taxable income on your tax return. And then once it's in the account, um, don't use it for your health care expenses. And that's like the biggest trap. Everybody's like, well, I get the credit card. I'm going to use it for my co-pays and my prescriptions. And okay, that's tempting. But if you have the discipline and you have the cash flow to not use it for your you know, everyday health expenses throughout the year, this is not an FSA account, a flexible spending account, which is the use it or lose it account that a lot of people are used to. This is totally different. The HSA account, you can roll over, and that's what we want to do because the HSA dollars uh, grow tax-free every year. So you're not paying any income tax on those dollars as they grow. And so then in retirement, you can use these dollars for any medical expenses, you know, long-term care, um, whatever treatments you might need. And when you take them out, guess what? They're tax-free. So, I mean, it's like better than a Roth IRA account. So there's no other account like it. And... When you get to retirement, you're going to have premiums. There's no one that doesn't have premiums for <laughs> exactly. their Medigap uh, or, or uh, Advantage plans, right? You're going to have health care costs up the wazoo in retirement. So, so we found this thing on online. Um, it's avoid the making these 11 money mistakes in retirement. I love Google, by the way. Um, <laughs> we hit most of these, but... It, they reiterate again, you got to have a plan, right? I mean, we even have an hourly planning service. You don't have to be $10 million or $5 million to be, um, to get our expertise. You can come in, pay by the hour, which we convert into a flat fee. So for a flat fee, we can do a complete plan for a DIY investor. It's really, really straightforward. More people in our industry should do it. They're just scared to work hard. Um, not many maintaining enough liquidity. That that's something that, you know, your income goes up. Probably your expenses have gone up, and now do you have enough in reserve? Well, you had enough reserve maybe in your twenties and thirties, but that that ten thousand dollars in that savings account is not going to cut it anymore, right? 
Exactly. Probably building something closer to 50 to 100 in reserve, more than, more than likely. Um, that's something that you should be focusing on. Uh, we mentioned this already, getting complacent about carrying c- consumer debt. It's really easy to say, yeah, I'll buy it. I can afford the payment. That's not how wealth builders think. They don't think, can I afford the payment, right? Yeah, even getting saddled with all these zero interest loans makes me nervous sometimes. Yeah. You know, clients will come in and they'll say, oh, well, it's zero interest for five years. But then they've got this list of six different, you know, monthly payments for yeah. all these zero interest loans. Right. Um, but what if you lost your job? You know, what if? What if? And that just makes me nervous sometimes. So remember that when you're taking on all these monthly payments at zero interest. You know, on those zero interest cards, what literally happens if you don't have, if you haven't made all those payments by the time the promotional period ends, they back charge all the accrued interest that had been waived and then charge you with that. Oh, yeah. Well. On the next, the day after the right. promo period ends. Right. You're right, Brad. So to your point, if you lose your job or if you have another emergency that demands your dollars and you can't finish those payments on time, you will be hit with all that arrear, uh, interest that was accruing in arrears. Yeah. You know, something that I've tried to commit to myself is no more car payments for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, you know, I, I do like nice cars. I have a hard time buying a standard car. So I won't do that either probably. But, you know, we, we need a truck in our family right now because my daughter's habits of buying horses. And it's, um, you know, I'm looking at these ridiculous prices. People are putting used trucks up on Facebook with 40-something thousand miles, and they're still asking 80-something thousand dollars yeah. for the truck. You know, and you start doing the math of this higher interest rate environment. Like, I feel like me in my 20s would be like, oh, I want to get a truck. Let's we'll go buy a truck. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just keep putting money aside. Mm-hmm. And then we're we're going to, we we have a vehicle that can pull it just fine. Not as cool as the other people. And right. sometimes you get, the, the suburban just gets so dusty and nasty in these at these horse shows. But, you know, I look at it as I'm trying to build wealth. And I feel like the only person I'm making wealthy is, is the bank. Absolutely. Because I think at the credit union right now, uh, I think it was four plus percent on car loans, I believe. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe in the high threes, which means that no one's probably getting the high threes. They're probably no. getting something just above that. Um, and it's a higher interest rate environment. We're getting money in our savings now. But, you know, I, I just... You know, it's hard. You sit through carpool line at the kid's school and you, you see new Yukon XL after new Yukon XL and the Navigator and the high end, you know, and I'm thinking, uh, you know what? Let them waste their money. It's, it's right. time to do you, and not focus on anybody else, right? So you just have to do that once, you know, save up to pay cash for that car. Right. And then have the discipline of putting what would have been the monthly payment back into, into your savings. a savings every month. Yeah. And then you're set. And then you're always paying cash for that vehicle. Yeah. And you're paying yourself interest. Now, there, there are still some 0% uh, offers out there. Um, but I don't know that they're really 0%. I haven't looked that much into it. I noticed that GMC was offering 0%, but it's only three years. Okay. So you do a $100,000 vehicle over three years, 0%. 
that's pretty hefty. Uh, Almost three grand a month. <laughs> that's a pretty. I think it does. It, after everything, ends up being like thirty five hundred a month. So that that that's a pretty hefty um, payment on uh, on something like that. But I don't know. I mean, I know that not everyone can do that, but I I think that um, that's just it's a depreciable asset, right? Try something that gets the job done and 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 put that money to work somewhere else. My thought was, well, you know. When the kids are that age that I was in my 40s, they're going to wreck it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My son used to put his baseball cleats up on the up on the dashboard yes. to tie them up before oh, yeah. we get to the park. I mean, yes. I just, okay, whatever. I had an old old car, and it worked yes. just fine. Right. You know? I'm sensing that now. I get very irritated when I yeah. see actions such as that. They, like, they, they it's just, the only car we got. You got to take care of it. or you say this could be yours one day that changes their behavior quite quickly this could be your car one day you're gonna put your cleats up on my uh, dash Mm -hmm. um okay so a couple of things uh remodeling homes assuming that remodeling your home is going to add value Um, i don't think that your primary home is actually an investment i think some people get lucky but it's a big investment, but it's not like you don't look at it as your future. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, I agree. And, you know, some people love to make the argument, but I'm going to stay in here forever. And so I agree with that to some point, but I think you need to draw the line. Like you can't have a $2 million house in a $1 million neighborhood. Because you're never, ever going to get $2 million for it. Right. So, yeah, you can customize it and make it your forever home as long as you're fine with knowing you're never going to get that get out of it. Out of I mean, you know, H- kids are never going to get it. <laughs> HETV actually has a list of um, 15 home improvements mm-hmm. uh, that actually pay off. Oh, I'm surprised the top five. I don't are wanna, you looking at it? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go through the fi- I don't want to go through the 15, but what are the uh, good ones? All right. So the number one is a minor bathroom remodel or kitchen remodel minor. So you're not ripping it. Maybe you're just putting new countertops in and you're doing some painting or something. Okay. Right. I mean, that sounds like a flip it thing, right? <laughs> um, in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or less. Um, <laughs> With how, yeah, I think about like, yeah, whatever. Uh, Chip and Joanna, like, she's like, her almost, her almost never there. I'm like, who does all the work? I don't understand. <laughs> Chip. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, improving your outdoor landscaping. I'm surprised that's on there. But I guess it's like curb appeal, right? Oh, yeah. Like a curb appeal. Um, updating, well, here's curb appeal again. Updating the front entry of your home and converting an attic space to a bedroom. Oh. Which I totally get that. Adding a bedroom, yeah. Because adding a bedroom, but an attic space. So you've got all the structure there. Mm-hmm. Probably just add like HBAC or something. But yeah, anything else is like, I've had people come in and our clients over the years and say, well, my um, real estate agent said I have to redo my, my bathroom to, and it was like a you know, $90,000 remodel. And I said, I doubt you had to have done that. Yeah, that it, extreme. That makes your house easier to sell. For right? them. <laughs> For them. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, you know, I guess we can talk about retirement or uh, college savings. you got to make sure that your retirement's on track first. Um, there is no retirement loan. It's just working longer. So 
you know, 529 Coverdales or a brokerage account, something, um, you need to be doing that. Um, so ignoring that could cause some problems for you. I think people get overwhelmed when it comes to college savings. Don't you, Missy? I mean, the, the, oh, yes. the costs are so exuberant. So they say, yeah, what's a hundred dollars a month going to do? Well, I'll tell you what it's going to do. It's going to do a hundred dollars less than a loan that you're going to have to take Absolutely. out and pay for 30 years. So any amount that can be put aside for college and utilized, you put a fence around it and say, this is for college. That's a dollar that you don't have to borrow later. Uh, but it can be overwhelming. You just can't let it overwhelm you when it comes time to starting to save some money for, for the kids. Like you're, you're literally going to be struggling the rest of your life if you rob your retirement at age 40 <laughs> to pay for kids' college. Because yeah. college is so expensive. Oh. I mean, it, in some sense, it's kind of like, it'd be kind of like if you're flying an airplane and you took the oxygen mask down and you wore it just in case there was an emergency. You're running out of oxygen. Waiting for the emergency, then you have no oxygen. You know, pilots, oh, pilots should never talk about the things that can happen. <laughs> I know. When, 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 <laughs> it's okay for them to talk about it amongst I'm just themselves. Saying, you, I'm, so I'm you saying. would run out. I'm just saying you would run out of money. Oh, before I, you even got to retirement. I was or, worried about the oxygen. Yeah, on a plane. Flying, you know, as a passenger, <laughs> we never want to think we don't about. Need well, to know airplanes that. are airplanes are rated. Um, they they carry they have enough. Uh, oxygen generators mm-hmm. in the airplanes are, are rated on high, high they can go to it to a certain extent to how fast they can get back down below a certain altitude so you can breathe. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So basically it's how fast, I think it's 12,500 feet, something like that. How fast can an airplane descend to hurry down to get you back? Straight down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yes. the moral of the story so the moral is... Of the story, yes, the moral of the story is, is that you don't want to rob your future reserves. No, that's just crushing your retirement. There's no way you can you cannot overcome that recover. Other than through inheritance or lottery winning. Yes. <laughs> and death is not a solution to retirement. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I've we, told clients that before. <laughs> right. That's true. But it may be over for you, but yeah. <laughs> the rest of us. You know. Right. Um, not diversifying your investments. We kind of covered this in our 30s, actually is it's time to have a grown-up portfolio. So, you know, if you're picking individual stocks and crypto and it's, you know, 80% of your portfolio, those individual securities, yeah. uh, it's time to grow up. <clears throat> time to grow up. Well, to Missy's point earlier in the conversation is that we often see people who have accumulated multiple accounts here and there, and they were all set up with well intentions. Yeah. But they, the follow-through just didn't work. We had and one. So we had it's one combining hit them and creating it with a purpose and with follow-through as well. So Says yeah. the investment guy. Says oh, the yeah. investment guy. <laughs> yeah. We had one that broke a record this last week. I've never seen so many accounts. It was crazy. Like um, 24 accounts. Yeah. Well, one and, person. <laughs> you know, on the flip side, we're talking about, you know, individual stocks. It's not the time. A lot of times you find people in their 40s that start to get scared and their portfolio might be too conservative and they might not have enough risk in their portfolio to get them to retirement and into their 90s, which is another red flag. So we need to make sure that People in their 40s don't draw back on the risk scale 
and not have enough growth opportunity in their portfolio. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, with people who are earning but, but it's know, okay big salaries, I mean, they're, they're putting away money in the 401k, and it's just natural to set up your investment, you know, portfolio through that. But mm-hmm. with that next dollar, they become a little hesitant yeah. and a little concerned about what do I do with it? You know, I want to so, make sure I keep it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay to think more conservative, though. I mean, you shouldn't be in your 40s, um, but it's okay to be start thinking more conservative, but translate that into planning, not, not you know, buying CDs and bonds with your money at this point in your 40s no that's only halfway through your life expectancy what right. we're talking about today in your yeah. 40s well, well in terms of your planning life expectancy i don't know your planning life expectancy we're we're taking them out to 95 so. yeah not even halfway then yeah it's not even halfway but in a traditional planning yes you are correct most most firms plan to like 82 85 somewhere in there um all right, so I think we covered that pretty well. Good job, guys. I don't, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that, you know, there's not any one particular thing that you have to do in your 40s other than just need to be, every year you should be evaluating where you are and where you're headed and what your goals are. It just just goes back to I just don't know how anyone lives their life day to day to day and they don't have goals that you set for, for themselves. Um, now maybe a lot of people don't. I mean that's not how I operate. But uh, but I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. So I'll say to the business owners out there in your 40s, you may not have a whole lot of save for retirement. So now it's time to really do a gut check and look at your business and go, is this a business that I can continue to invest in? And new dollars that are going in, or are those going to translate into a business sale in the future? And if it is, and if that's a clear path, then you keep doing that. You may not need stocks and bonds initially until much later, um, but you got to make sure that you're actually doing it right. And and we have some great um, uh, some great business books. We always recommend E Myth uh, by Michael Gerber. Um, if you need to really uh, turn your website around and, and get your sales going again. Look at Donald Miller and, and building a story brand and marketing made simple. Um, if you're in the service industry and you stink at it, <laughs> look at Danny Myers, um, uh, his book on setting the table. First three chapters, I think he talks a lot about himself. And you're going to wonder why I recommend that book. But stay tuned to that book. Uh, that book can, can change your, your service mindset. Um, so there's a lot of books out there that, that can help you as business owners um, really focus on what the end goal is. Uh, and, and, and also there's a Business Made Simple University. Uh, I think it's like $250 a year. Uh, it's done by Donald Miller and his team, and they have some great, great tools, well worth the $250 um, for business owners to kind of navigate through. All right, guys, <clears throat> great conversation. We'll see you next time. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to a Wiser Retirement Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. That way you don't miss any new episodes. We would also appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. If you have any questions about anything that was discussed today, head to wiserinvestor.com and reach out. 
We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Lilton Moore. This podcast is strictly for informational purposes only and is not to be considered as investment advice or solicitation to buy or sell any financial products, securities, digital assets, or any other investment vehicles or a basis to make any financial decisions. Wiser Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The host and or guest may personally own securities, digital assets, or other investment vehicles mentioned on this podcast. Neither the host nor guest of the show are compensated for their participation and no referral fees are paid to or received by any host or guest for clients, listeners, or similar interests. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor, tax professional, insurance professional, and or legal professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.